0: Good morning to another Totally
1: Arsenal podcast. I'm your host Mornay. And I'm Aiden. How's it going, guys? Um, it's funny how in football a week can change a lot of things. From last week, feeling on top of the world, and a week later, a very shaky two games. So suddenly, we didn't know where we stand. Um, what was your take on the Palace game? Uh,
0: you know, this game was supposed to be you know, almost like a banker. Not that we were now, you know, upping it too much with regards to uh, you know, the build-up to the game because I mean we knew we were gonna face a tough uh, match anyway because look the last few months I mean Palace have been giving it all whether they played Man United or Man City I mean even if teams were getting wins the top teams were getting wins against them those normally hard quite hard games and I mean look even December they like, thumped uh Tottenham also 31. um you know especially uh, with this game now going on a 10 game home win streak you know the media was all time hyping this game up as uh, you know this could be number 11 but on the flip side also many were saying is this thing actually going to be more of a hindrance than a, a, a positive to us the, you know going with that, the, this elusive number 11 and I mean as we're now going to discuss it actually was now turning into something that was going to be elusive um, Emery then made a Quite a awesome Olsen changes from the uh, team that beat Napoli. Some like seven changes. Uh, Arsenal fans were somewhat worried with the inclusion of Carl Jenkinson and uh, El Mohamed El Nini. Uh, earlier, eight minutes, we already got a warning salvo from Crystal Palace with a a free kick from Mil- Miljovic, uh which I think he played the ball out to Kelly, who then tried picking out Benteke, who just missed out, the, the, missed out on the target. Uh, the sore point in the game was the constant cheap, cheap free kicks we were giving away. You know, needless at times, and always in these dangerous zones where we normally have trouble to, you know, defend.
1: In the I can co- actually say um, about that. Um, why, is it, like we know, we struggle with defending free kicks or set pieces, but yet we were still giving them away, like you said, very cheaply. I mean, if if you know that it's kind of a Achilles heel for you. Use, maybe, you know, don't dive in for a tackle, usher him out wide. You don't have to dive in for everything. And I think that caused a lot of um, problems for us going forward in this game. Yeah, I think
0: it was also, you know, that, that being, I don't know if we were too cocky or careless in the game. So it's like not we were, almost like we were also taking it for a given, like the, the sort of result, you know, that we were not going to get a positive result. Um, in the, something like the 17 minute, a free-kick to Palace after Mavropanos hold down Benteke. You know, cue the moment to show us what the shambles we can be from set pieces at the moment. Um, Mustafa is supposed to be man-marking um, Benteke. So I just want to also reiterate these two points. Mustafi should have been goal-side of the guy's marking. And he's supposed to be also like, you know, the main, as I said, the main man-marker. But he allows Benteke to not only steal a yard on him, but in that time that stealing a yard, Mustafi is not even watching his defensive line. So, of course, everything is disjointed. Mustafi then puts up his hand, appealing for offside instead of playing to the whistle. And Benteke is, you know, of course, playing to the whistle. Just powers forward and he does a free header, past Leno, 1-0 Palace,
1: easy, easy. Yeah, and it's his first goal since last year. He didn't score in a year. And then Arsenal like allowed, you know, him to get his groove on. I mean, a striker who hadn't scored in so long, you know, you don't have to give him easy chance, let him work for his goal. It makes your life easier as a defender as well, a striker who lacks confidence. So I think, you know, watching that um, I watched the replays of that header over and over, and it was like I mean, either even I never, I should have scored that because there was no nobody on him. I don't know, I just wanna, you know, very quickly, um, can you just up the
0: volume of your 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 sound? Okay, no, no problem. Okay. Just for recording purposes, that's all. Does that sound better? No, it's not actually, but okay, let's go on. Um, The defensive line, then, you know, of course, you know, I don't know if they, you know, because pre- for me, it didn't look even like we were, you know, really, rehearsing what could, you know, what could have happened? Because, I mean, with, with Hodson, uh, playing Benteke as the, the main man, we already knew that was going to be the, you know, the aerial bombardment that they were now probably going to do for the majority of the match. Arsenal um, then seemingly wake up. Uh, a chance falling into uh, to Lacazette. But um, Scott Dan was, you know, on the ball, managed to get in the block before the, fire, the shot could not really, you know, cause damage. Arsenal um, was then getting into good positions, but, you know, shooting and heading were really, really wayward on uh, 43 minutes. Arsenal, then you know, switch off something almost like a trademark for us at the moment. Uh Leno not having to pull off a fantastic double save from Kuyaté. We were lucky to go in at halftime only one all down.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. It wasn't the, the best of halves in the terms of so much. So much riding on um, this game, and for me, the biggest worry is that. Should Arsenal ever be in a title race? How will they handle pressure? Because we're in a top four race. And we had the opportunity after Everton's full, um, Everton beat, um, after Everton beat okay. United, then we we had the, 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 the opportunity was wide open. And I mean, to start the half off like the way we did, shows a team that, you know, is kind of lacking that, but exit to get us over the finishing line. I mean for me,
0: what, what was for me my main concern was you know the the opportunity is right there. So like you know, you said it gift us in the mouth, the opportunity is there to finally, you know, make top forms like done and dusted, if you can put it like that. Not that I mean uh, you know, you, you're thinking everything is now over and done with, but you know, putting us in, in better state, leading into the next, you know, few games. But, uh, you know, something like that, just allow the door again open on everybody else in this whole top four crazy, crazy race
1: going on. Um, and the problem is our, our away form is already not the best. And knowing we would have had two games in a row, I'm not saying we could have taken our foot off the pedal, but, you know, our margin for error could have been a bit more. Yep. But because of that, you know, now there's no more pressure.
0: I um, mean, um, The second half, Emery then makes a double change, bringing on Michael Niles for... Uh, jenkinson and mavropano's coming off and he will be coming on somehow you know just to try to get some sort of injection or of pace supposedly into the game um uh, within a few minutes arsenal were back in fantastic through what luck like, is it uh letting ozil who then did his tra- trademark ozil think one one kind of game on but you know we also had to not take things for, like, to see how things would now pan out going that you saw the, the second half uh the second half of course the change but also brought now a change in shape. So uh, Palace were almost like somehow trying to adapt now with this new uh, the changes having to come on and this for, a kind of formation change Arsenal were doing as well. Uh, so Palace were you know, also starting to second-guess themselves because look at almost like full control first off anyway. Um, Arsenal were then keeping uh, Palace in the own half for about, I think, easily 10, 15 minutes. So, of course, I thought that Arsenal would now you know, force home to get you know, finally edge forward. And then, on 61 minutes, you know, again, a catastrophe in the Arsenal defense. Totally against the runoff play, uh, a long range Palace clearance. As met by Benteki, who I think just heads, uh, just jumps up ahead of Kosielny and flicks the ball on into Zaha's path. And then, I mean, for me, actually, a, you know, a dose of moronic defending ensues. Mustafa, then from 20 yards out from uh, from the keeper decides to uh, try to shadow the ball towards leno i mean in that time and of course there's no real pace on the ball so the ball wasn't like flicked uh, on but then you know hit a turf and slowed up so the more uh, mustafi is trying to shadow the ball in i mean it just took Zaha a side step and he you know uh, ran ahead of of mustafi nicked the ball off him and with, with Leno being almost like in no man's land, not knowing whether to go back on his line or come towards the wall, he's standing there flat-footed and Zaha just plants the ball past passing in the far corner to one palace.
1: Far too many mistakes in a, in a side that, you know, is trying to build and try to move forward. I mean, these mistakes can't be happening in our Europa League semi final or, or games of such importance. I mean, it just shows that Arsenal need more leadership at the back. I mean, this is... It's been happening ongoing this season whereby we've been gifting goals to opposition. And can't build like that.
0: And then eight minutes later, again, lack of focus, defending a corner, and James McArthur glances ahead of past Leno. Arsenal 1, Crystal Palace 3. Shocking, shocking defending. Alba then, you know, scored a good consolation goal. But it seems after that we actually ran out of ideas because there was no real cutting edge coming after that, even though I was expecting... You know, us to really bombard the goal, we then do at the, almost like at the death, I think, second minute of injury time, we do manage to eat out one more chance, but then, um, of course, be then, instead of planting a powerful drive in one of the corners, ends up hitting a weak, almost like a pass shot into the
1: keeper's ends. That was just yeah, over I, I expected much better from Iwobi at that point. I mean, he, need, he really needs to work on, he's finishing I mean he's the same age as Leroy Sané now and I know we used to make excuses for Iwobi like oh no he's still young he's still developing he's still young but if you look at the end product of the two players you know you know which one you would rather have in your team
0: I mean I think that is also the sore point or sticking point with, with regards to wing, wingers and wing play because look as we're going to now switch our attention out to the Wolves game I just want to also bring up something with regards to what was also happening in the Manchester Derbies uh the Dolby because you know and i watched also part of the game afterwards like in just about year in full i watched the manchester Derby, and i went to have when you watch people like sterling who not i played like say three or four days before and he's playing with that same same tempo you know causing total chaos on 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 either flanks and somebody like bernardo Silva, who's you know pulling the strings on the other flank so you're Having like two players that are hurting you over and over, and just when you think you can, like, you know, catch a breath, people make that change, and then he brings on Lero Zani for one of the two, and you've got now another problem on your head with uh, on your hands, and, and somebody fresher, somebody even faster. So, that is, I think, that is where we are lacking because, like, our play with with regards to say what, what uh, Iwobi and and Mikitarin are offering is like they drive us forward to that fi- the, the, the final third. But when they get to the final third, they don't know what they must do. So it's like you end up having Iwobi twisting and turning himself into a blind alley. You have somebody like Mkhitaryan instead of holding on and using some footwork to get in the box and get a cross off, he just randomly takes pot shots from wherever. So you can see that the mindset. that I mean, you're talking of okay with Iwobi, we can understand, like you know, we sit that with the excuses and it. But I mean, you have somebody like Mkhitaryan who's experience not only the Bundesliga but now he's had now a few years under the belt in England and he's still making these songs like uh you know that 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 that, amateur uh, at times yeah sometimes even amateur like errors he's making in the game
1: i I do think for us to move forward as a club we need wingers and out and out guys who have pure pace because we don't, like if you look at Liverpool, they have that Mane and Salah on either side, which cause chaos. You look at City; you know, either have Zane or Sterling or Bernardo Silva can also do a job there. But with Arsenal, we can't kind of really play a pure counter-attacking game because your know, their wing backs will be able to get back very easily. Yeah, and I mean also if like if Arsenal, if you just take
0: with, with regards say to the uh, the Palace game now, look we had El Neni in. He, he's not brave enough to take the ball and say, okay, I'm going to take this and I'm going to go at you. Sorry. But now you get, it. you look at somebody like say a David Silva, you know, their legs are slowly wearing out with him. But I mean, if he gets the ball that he does up and he's going forward, he's driving the team forward. And I think with all, I mean, I, of course, I hate saying this, but maybe we should also take somehow a, a page or use uh, Man City's blueprint of actually building up a squad again. Because I just don't see us like, with the way things are going now, we have almost like a, a group of midfielders there that, that are, are almost like at times too shy to push forward. They will only push forward if the other team allows them to, but they're not gonna, you know, force their the game onto the other the, you know where other teams also have to adapt not to that because it's not like we give in. We almost like we set ourselves up in, in in matches.
1: Yeah, yes, that that is very true. I just think how. Our core needs to be a bit better, you know, a bit stronger and and out wide as well because it just looks like a, a, we look like a team that runs out of ideas very quickly when we go behind,
0: and like we am, don't have
1: that impetus anymore.
0: And I mean, for me, especially in the last say three games, not three, say last four games like, league-wise, it seems when we go like a goal down or something, or we get almost like when we see the opponent as. You know, giving as good as they're getting. They not want, to, like, we start going to this type of, we become shell shocked. And I mean, uh, for me, it's worrying because you're only noticing it now. Before we were somehow seeing things off, you know, like, uh, yeah. when teams start to, to always, like, put up a, a serious fight against us, we would also go toe to toe with them. But now it seems that, like, as we're now going the, like, the vital part of the season, now it's almost like you see a, every now and then a white flag go up when we go one goal down.
1: Even against Watford, we were very brittle. Like right. even though we were a call up and a man up, they were dictating how the game was going. So I, I don't know. Like, it's definitely something we need to fix going forward. I mean, the season um, could end off well, but could it just be us papering over the cracks? Should we end top four and win Europa League? You know, we. we oh. I would love us to win those competitions and end in the fourth place. But um, you know, what is the next step for this club?
0: Okay, so we switch our attention now to Wolves. Um, Arsenal, again, seven changes. You know, Emery kind of going again or being brave with these, you know, hefty changes in the squad. NK, Maitland, Niles, Socrates, Monreal, Xhaka, Torreira, Mkhitaryan, and Iwobi. Um, Arsenal started the game well, you know, picking back Wolves in the own half. But, of course, we were not taking our ch- chances, even though, you know, half chances were there. And then one thing one also noticed, and I think the commentator also mentioned it, the longer the game wears on and you're not taking advantage of the chances you're getting, Wolves just get stronger and stronger and stronger. And I mean, like, I think it was midway in the first half, I think so, from the 20th minute on, Wolves now started eating root one balls over the Arsenal defence. Because when I was like feeling out where we've been prone, you know, this, especially in 2019, uh, chances were swaying back and forth between the two teams. Um, the Wolves just looked more cutthroat with you know, the attacks because you could see it was re- it's not like we were not realising it's not going to go as simple. Because I, th- I, th- uh, I think that was the, oh, the sense I had with the game. It was also they thought this could also be maybe, you know, with, with Wolves losing against uh, Watford in the FA Cup. I think they probably thought that mindset, because look, they were also in a tough game with Brighton in the weekend where yeah. Brighton drew 0-0 at, at the Molina. So I thought they—they they probably thought now that's the type of walls now they they probably getting you know a wounded one. But look, they came out very very dangerous, and I, I think on 80 sorry on 28 minutes, Arsenal give away a needless free kick in a dangerous area. Ruben Nevers stepped uh, excuse me, steps up, bends in a beauty around the wall. The wall again, kind of useless because slow mo uh, slow like a replay showed. Uh, Maitland Niles and Jacquard turned their back on the ball as it came in. So that ball was actually careering in from that angle. So 1 no Wolves.
1: But it was a top class free kick, though. Like it reminded me very much of the way Ronaldo strikes the ball. Yeah, because um, and... I had a bit of uh, a
0: feel to it of Lacazette's goal against uh, Napoli. Because it was a very flat type of thing. You know, it just went over the wall, but they just started dying and, you know, nestling in the bottom of the net.
1: And, you know, for, for me, what was scary, and I hate to say this, i was like watching the Wolves team, and I'm like, you know, like this Wolves players yeah. could easily fit into those Arsenal squad and, like, better the team. And that's a warning sign is like, if you're playing against an opposition team that's, you know, below you on the log, and their players can actually escalate how, how much better your squad can be. I mean, I would. Swap a few players to come to the Emirates actually from the Wolves side, and they've been really impressive this season. Yeah, they have, and I mean they've got a good coach as well. I mean he
0: knows you can see another one who uh, you know you can see does his in-depth homework on, on how to combat teams and you know nullify the strengths, the strengths of the opponent. So they know what you know how to play it out. Um Arsenal now were rattled. We started in losing the ball from I think we lost the ball from kickoff, and then Johnny. Drove at the Arsenal defence. Because, I mean, again, you have now a player, not dally-dallying on the ball or trying to play the ball into his own half or on the halfway line. He's actually having a go at the, you know, almost like asking questions of the Arsenal defence. I mean, he then throw forward, set up Jimenez, and then fired over. You know, again, alarm bells ringing for Arsenal. Um, I think on 33 minutes, again, cheap free kick, given away Koscielny on, on Jota. Uh, never said tries again. This time, the wall now stands up to it and deflects the ball for a corner. Arsenal, just don't look up for it. I don't know how you were taking your
1: like your input to the game. No, it was it was a side that you would have never said, we're fighting for top four. You would say, it's the end of the season, we have nothing to play for anymore. And this is the guy just lacked that, um, like I said, that intensity, that ruthlessness. And like you said, if you looked at the Man City game as well, because if you saw, they were playing as well for something. You know, we were playing for something and they were playing for, like, you know, the league. We played playing for top four. But the intensity that they were coming mm-hmm. with that they they were rattling United. And then you look at Arsenal, who just was waving the white flag. And for me, like, knowing that, you know, at the back of Wolves' mind, they threw away a 2-0 lead in the FA Cup. Why not still take that and, like, push on them, push on them? Because they can also, you know, break. But it looked like Arsenal just... I don't know why we're so bad away from home. I don't know what it is then
0: on, on 37 minutes uh we're 2-0 down uh johnny work, works a short free kick into the corner lena then comes out and misses the cross completely died then heads the ball into net under no pressure awful hour getting swarmed by wolves as we now you know limping to half time and i'm thinking to myself you know let's just see this you know going two down at halftime but you know good heavens second (laughs) of injury time we sloppy on the halfway line jota then picks up the loose ball and starts driving it out the defense i think you know warnings weren't needed uh he starts running towards socrates and then of course i don't know what went through i think like a blackout moment for him he decides to pull out of the tackle and there's no covering real covering defender so of course, Chota finds himself into the box, and he just lets rip with a low drive past Leno. I mean, it wasn't that strong of a hand out by Leno, which was, you know, it was like partly goalkeeper's fault. But I mean, there's nothing you could do. balls
1: was it back in the net, three down at halftime. But I couldn't believe how he just ran. Like watching that goal, I was in disbelief that no one tried to close him down. He had the, he almost had the the freedom of the the stadium there. He, he was just cutting through us like a hot butter through um. Oh, it knife through butter. I mean, yeah. that was it was what, shocking actually.
0: What, uh, what that was also reminding me of, and it actually brought bloody cold chills back to me again. That game of Anfield when Liverpool just, I think oh, I think a minute after they scored they the, the one goal, when they just started running straight at us, and was like you just see this path opening down the middle of the park from our box in the halfway line, and everywhere, you know, where our players just gave way. They were more ball watching than somebody actually getting their body in front of the ball or, you know, taking the man out, taking it yellow for the team. But just shocking going in at halftime. So what was your so thought about uh,
1: that? My thoughts, you know, normally I'm like, you know, we can bring this back, we can bring this back. Uh, to me, it felt like the game was over. I mean, after Wolves scored, we never really showed much intent to get back in the game. And it's sad to tell you that, like, I uh, to me, I felt like this, there wasn't going to be much hope for us to come back into the game. I mean...
0: Seeing that sort of performance, I actually thought, ooh, the, you know, the way we were playing, I thought we were going to probably concede another two or three in the second half. Yeah, because there was just nothing that really, you know, gave you that hope that something could happen or something could spark in this thing to, you know, get us like you know a th- type of thirty thirty eight like we did at Bournemouth that time. I, I just did not see that.
1: Um, second just, half, I think we just don't have the players like, not that we don't have the players, but we just don't have some of that individual brilliance like, you know, I, I know he's not there anymore, but Alexis Sanchez, you know, could take a game with the scruff of the neck. We don't have that type of player in the squad anymore.
0: Yeah, and I mean, look, second half we saw it on the front foot, but I mean, that being said, it was also just a case of Wolves allowing us to, to play, because they were really dictating the game, and I mean, they like, we had no answer to it, and it was like, if they want us to have the ball, they beat us. If they wanted to take the ball off us, they do it. So, I mean, it just shows you how ineffective we were throughout that
1: game. And I think if Wolves maybe have an investment and sign maybe another two or three players of good quality, they could be a threat to this top four battle. I mean, if Arsenal don't strengthen the squad at all, we could be in real trouble. Yeah. So, you know, we got hold of. For Eddie Nketia,
0: Mkhitaryan came off for Colosinac, and I think also uh, ineffective Torera came off for Guindouzi. Uh But I mean, you know, Wolves did enough to take this thing out of the game. We, we did manage to get a consolation goal through uh, Socrates heading in a uh, Jaka corner. But I mean, you know, job was done for Wolves. They honestly, I don't think they even cared that they conceded. So, you know, second success of defeat, our top four ambitions really are hanging on the thread now, going
1: to the list again. Which I'm not like too um, thrilled about, since our away form, well, we can't buy a win away from home really anymore. And I just
0: want to say this, eh? look, the last few games, if you go on any of those betting sites, we had, normally the odds would be, you know, almost was like 70-30 uh, or 80-20, you know, our favour. Yeah, this game with Leicester it's, uh, it's straight down 50 50. It was like wow, uh, the betting, the betting places are not you know, also like, confident in the Arsenal performance. So, I mean, like with regard to Leicester, star men will be Ricardo Pereira in defense, James Madison in midfield because I mean, he, he dictates also everything in the middle of the park. And I mean, with James, uh, Jamie Vardy, I think he's something like six goals against Arsenal, and don't know how many players, but I mean, against us, normally that's for the warning is out there.
1: Yeah, I, I think if we're not going to, you know, if we allow them to dictate and start strong, we could be in real trouble again. And, you know, we're not going to have any more lifelines now. The lifelines are running out. We need now Chelsea to slip up against Man United. And if, if we don't, you know, take advantage of that or, you know, win before I don't know what sure what time the United Chelsea game is. But if we don't get the three points on Sunday, then I do think that top four is out of the equation then. Oh.
0: I mean it's to us but I mean look we allowed ourselves to get in
1: this scenario and it's really annoying. So um yes. Yeah. It is really annoying. I, I do I do think that it could have been there was many tough points over the season and mm. for me I, I do think we need um, some signings in the summer.
0: So uh, look, we're not gonna really touch on the Valencia game because we're gonna do a short pod in either on Tuesday or Wednesday, just so you guys know. Um, so I just wanna, as we're now wrapping up the, the podcast now, I just want to also add, um, like with regard to my opinion on situation, other things are or have gone kind of patient, and also with players whether it's leaving or coming in. Um, my opinion on the matter is, I would like us to buy from within the Premier League. Come the summer. I mean, of course. Look, they are going to be probably good players. We can get overseas, uh <coughs> excuse me out of the European leagues or out of the out of the outside the UK. Like say something like Pepe or or Ismail Sa. But I just think to myself, we need defenders that are ready made for the Premier League. You know that that can handle those rigors of you know the physicality side of it and things like that. Because I just think at times, look. Okay, we got Koscielny. We got um, Socrates and that. But, I mean, look, we were all wishing Socrates back from your suspension. He comes back and, I mean, you still see that that sort of performance. I mean, we' still shifting in three goals. So, I mean, you need, I think we need some sort of stability that can almost like anchor the team from the back right through to the, you know, the midfield because I think there's also another thing where we have players now there which we thought can handle it but it's almost like we're putting so much workload on something yeah. like Torreira. He can't do it all by himself and, at times, Zaka loses his head completely in the game whether uh, through discipline or tactics.
1: Ah, uh, my opinion also on the matter is that we we also like you said sign in the Premier League to get Premier League ready players, but I think we need another worker in the midfield as well, like somebody that's gonna do a um, is gonna do you know the the hard crafting as well, not just like like for me, a Ruben Neves would be a, a perfect player to have in this Arsenal team. I mean, if you look at that Cody guy, his performance against us, and even somebody
0: at Doherty, I mean, he was bombing down that flank. I mean, as you see that, having almost like the freedom also of the the pitch, because nobody was really stopping him. And, and, uh, you know, somebody like, say, Mondreal, they were left high and dry by the guys, you know, having to cover on the left because nobody's really, you know, either doubling up or helping out at the back. Everybody wants to go forward they're going to give a toss if they're going to you know, have to come back and help and, and, and defend because it's always like you don't see stuff like it. And I mean, that was something that was going kind of well in, say, February, March. But it seems like from April now on,
1: we've lost total discipline in the team. My my thing as well is that signing of Dennis Suarez was a waste. We could have gotten another player that actually then would have been useful in this uh, title race. Yeah. Okay, so I'll draw a wrap there.
0: I hope you guys, you know, enjoy the weekend. And I mean, let's hope we get some sort of positivity back in the squad because I mean, we really need it. Come on, you gunners. Come on, let's
1: get that three points on Sunday. Okay, bye.